Hi there, I'm Jenna, and welcome to Butterfly Banter. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show to share my journey as a woman with Turner Syndrome, and a show to share stories of others that are affected by Turner Syndrome. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And now, let the banter begin. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Butterfly Banter. Today my wonderful guest is Paige. Paige, would you like to say hello? Hi. (laughs) We're so excited to have you today. So (coughs) I'm excited to be here. (laughs) We appreciate your time today. So um, Paige, just tell us, let's start off and just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and little bit about your journey with Turner Syndrome. Well, I'm 26 years old, and I'm from New Jersey. I was diagnosed with Turner Syndrome at five years old, and um, I... Was there some signs as you were um, growing up before you were five that kind of led your parents or whoever to um, take you to the doctor and get diagnosed? Or or how were you diagnosed at five? So um, I actually come from a smaller family. Um, So my parents thought that, you know, I was just short, like, my sisters I do have two older sisters Mm -hmm. and um well at a party um I started at five I started getting to the age where my friends were going through growth spurts and I was not Mm -hmm. and um my my mom just thought I was the cutest thing she thought I was just a cute little peanut (laughs) and um so we were at a party and I guess this nurse practitioner or doctor um, saw me and he, my mother told him how old I was and this and that. And um, he did see some signs and um, they gave her their card. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just did not want to think that anything was wrong with her little her little daughter of course because so. of course you're perfect in mom's <laughs> eyes <laughs> yes yes but um eventually because again I still wasn't getting that growth spurt my mom was just like you know maybe we should go to the doctor and um so she did use that card she went to she went to the doctor I got um, carrier type. I do have mosaic Turner syndrome, mm-hmm. and um, I was started on growth hormones right away. Um, oh wow! Right away at five. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so I did growth hormones from the time I was five until I was about thirteen, fourteen, and that's when I switched to the an estrogen patch and progesterone pills. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I've been taking since then. So did you, have you had any of the other 
um, kind of health issue issues associated with Turner's? Have you uh, have you been basically in good health, or have you had some heart issues or um, gro- um, bone issues or anything like that as you were growing up? Um, luckily, no. Um, I do have a bicuspid aortic heart valve that will have to be replaced. However, um, uh, it's still pumping and doing fine right now. Mm-hmm. And so they just, we just keep monitoring it. Yeah. And um, eventually I will have to get that replaced. But they obviously, they would, they want to push that off as long as they can. Yeah. So I've been very fortunate. Um, well, that's really I have to good. say the thing, yeah. Um, the thing that's really gotten me is like, I want to say it's more of like the mental struggle um, because I do have two older sisters. And so like I was so young, so like having to get shots every day and obviously no five-year-old is going to like shots, at yeah. least not like in the beginning. Of course It did not. take a little bit of time, but then I kind of created it again because I was so tiny that like I would like hide under like the couch or hide under furniture when it was time for to, for my mom to give me my shot and I saw her getting it ready. You were a master my at mom, hide, you were a master at hide and seek, huh? <laughs> yes. But my mom did not like the game as much as I did. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I tried to I I tried to um, I eventually got to a point where it was just, you know, our nightly ritual, and it was no big deal. Yeah. Um, but um, I I feel so bad now, like, looking back, because, again, I would be asking her questions, like, well, why don't Sarah and Tess have to do this? Yeah. And, yeah, like, why do I have to be different than anybody? Um, it took a lot longer. I didn't have my first sleepover until I was 10. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a very close family friend, and they actually slept over at our house, so I didn't even go over to their house because of having to take the shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, kind of awkward to do that at some, you know, at somebody else's house. It's definitely most comfortable just to do it at your house where it, it always happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my parents were really good about um, that they didn't want to treat me differently than my two older sisters. Like, obviously we had to do the medications and like the doctor's appointments, but um, they did always try. They, they, they just treated me like anybody else, um, which was, which has its pros and cons. Um, yeah. Cause I kind of just then tried to forget about it as much as I could, I guess. Like, it always put a desire in my heart to, like, go into the medical field. So, I'm actually a volunteer EMT on nights and weekends. Uh, Yeah. Um, But I just tried to ignore it as much as I could. And, yeah, it did become very, like, isolating, I would say. Because it was that thing that, like... It made you feel different. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because I was able to do so much and be so normal that, like, <clears throat> again, um, then I was just like, okay, well, like, 
if I don't tell anybody, nobody's going to know. Like, right. you know, so then nobody's going to think of me as different. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, yeah, and... Did you have well, a lot of friends growing up? I mean, were you able to make friends and, you know, have some good relationships and friendships along the way? Um, I was, you know, I was always nice to everybody, but yeah. I wasn't, let's say, like, best friends with a whole bunch. It was always just, like, a close two or three friends. Yeah. Um, My mom always told me that it really doesn't matter how many friends that you think you have that, you know, when it's time for you to leave this earth and when, you know, by the time you die, you really are going to be able to only count your really good friends, like true, honest friends, on one hand. So it's not even the quantity, the quantity of friends that you have, it's the quality of friends. So as long as you had a few close friends, that's that's what's important. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I've actually always been wanting, I've always been so nervous because I was, I've always been looking for an outlet to talk to other butterflies, connect with other butterflies to really, when I decided to, you know, stop ignoring it, like, um, it's a part of me. It makes me who I am. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely. Um, that, like, and being an advocate, like, I love this stuff. Um and I would love to do so much more. Um, and I really do want to start getting involved in doing something like this or like writing books or um, getting more into the advocacy. I just have always been nervous about it because I don't deal with some of the struggles that some of the other butterflies do. And... Um, well, all, then, our, like, all our journeys are different, and yours is just as important as anybody else's. And even if you don't didn't necessarily have, quote-unquote, the struggles, you know, that are associated with Turner Syndrome or that other, you know, butterflies have had, doesn't mean that your, that your journey is any less, you know, important than anybody else's. So I think, you know, I think the book idea or whatever you want to do to tell your story is is great. Thank you. And like this stuff like this is so great. Like you, your podcast is so great. I found it and I just immediately fell in love with it. It was like everything I've been like looking for. (laughs) I appreciate that so much because I'm, I'm, it, it was for me, all of this came about for the exact same thing that you're talking about. I was trying to figure out a way, you know, and I'm an older butterfly and, you know, and um, I was trying to find a way to connect with other butterflies and I'm in Wyoming, for goodness sakes. So it's not like I have a lot of opportunity to meet other butterflies and stuff like that. So this was kind of my crazy way of making those connections and... I just decided to do it. So whatever you decide to do, go for it. However you, whatever it looks like for you to advocate for yourself and for butterflies, do it. Absolutely do it. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely, I've been, <clears throat> I've been really thinking about 
and planning how I'm going to do that. But I definitely do plan on doing that. Yeah, there's all kinds of options out there. And whatever you feel called to do, just go for it because you can do anything you set your mind to. And any any type of advocate advocacy is is great it doesn't have to be on a huge scale um this podcast isn't anything major huge you know in the grand scheme of things but it is huge to me you know and it makes I feel like it makes a difference in some small way and so I just I keep going with it because I know it's making a difference somehow some way even if it is a small way yeah. And you're making a total a difference with being an EMT and you know, you make a difference in people's lives every time you go out to, you know, to do anything with that. So, you're making a huge difference all around. Mm, thank you. <laughs> um are you planning on pursuing more into the medical field? Or are you just going to keep up with the EMT? Or what do you what do you think? Hmm. I've I've thought about it. Um, so I went to college and um, I got my degree in accounting, mm-hmm. and it wasn't my first interest. And after graduating, I was just like, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna go for EMT see if I like that start off volunteering and just seeing if I can handle all of it and then diving into it more and more mm-hmm. um so um I would do my full-time job on nights and weekends I would volunteer um I really I enjoyed it I loved it and I decided to go full-time EMT so that's when literally the week of my orientation the <laughs> the COVID pandemic oh, just gosh. burst out. Oh, and man. so I was thrown into it full force. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I burnt out very, very quickly. I can imagine. Um, so, and my mom um, being like the loving mom she is, um, she saw like how burnt out I was and stuff like that. And she was just like, you know what? Why don't you go back to accounting um, and work for me because she's also in the accounting field. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I said yes. But um, I don't know, I've always just I've had trouble deciding between the two whether yeah. if I should like stick with accounting or go more into like the nursing medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could honestly go either way right now. <laughs> Well, and you're still young. You have lots of time to make those decisions. It's not, you know, it's not like anything has to be set in stone right now. And you're, you know, you're able to have the best of both worlds by working in accounting and then, you know, volunteering with the EMT. So, you know, you're still able to have the best of both worlds and then decide what you want to do. And who knows, maybe something totally different will come along, but... You've got a lot of time to decide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thankfully. Yeah. Do you think that knowing that you had Turner syndrome at a younger age, do you feel like that was 
beneficial to you. I've talked to a lot of different butterflies at, that found out at, at a lot of different age ranges um, that they had Turner syndrome. And how do you feel about knowing from such an early age? Do you feel like that was a good thing for you? Um, I feel, I feel like there's pros and cons, but I do feel that there is, there may be more pros than cons. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I remember being the 15 year old going to like my cousin's baby shower. And like, obviously, I love my cousin. I was super happy for her and stuff like that. But on our way home from the baby shower, like I burst down in tears because like I I knew and that like you know it's not <laughs> that probably is not going to happen to me you know yeah how did that um, con- how did that conversation happen with was it your parents that had that conversation with you or your doctor or how did you how did you find out about that infertility piece of um, Turner's. Um, it was, um, I want to say it was kind of a mix of things. Like, I know, I remember being very, very, very young, like when I was first diagnosed and he was talking about what it all meant and like some of the effects and stuff like that of Turner syndrome and him talking about, um, you know, me not being able to have kids. But again, I was so young and stuff like that. I was just like, you know, it wasn't on my radar. I was just like, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously then, like, I went to my teen years and I started, you know, thinking boys were cute. And yeah, <laughs> then it so kind of just, like, hit me again. And, you know, then it's, um, and me, like, my doctor actually kind of told us to kind of, like, you know, to kind of actually stay away from the internet for a little bit or like um because you'll just go down a rabbit hole and you know like he was very take take things as they come one day at a time one step at a time yeah which was great I loved my doctor yeah that's definitely good advice yeah um and then you know when I would have those moments my you know I would turn to my mom and be like oh I'm sad about this or you know asking questions and she would she would she would always do her best to um to comfort me and be like you know what like there are so many children that you know need good homes that you can adopt and you know there's in vitro now and like you know that there are there are other options it doesn't mean you're never going to be a mom right um there are so many ways to make a family now and especially with especially with medical technology you know evolving over the years and um yeah it's I know that the infertility is a huge huge you know thing for butterflies and it's it's probably the hardest one of the hardest struggles um in all the interviews that I've done that's of course at the top of the list of the struggles but just you know staying positive and realizing that there's lots of different ways to make a family and it's it's all going to be okay yeah and like um there's other like 
so many people, even without Turner syndrome, have so many issues. Like right. my my sister, she's five years older than me. You know, she's at the age where she's thinking about it. Um, she hasn't started trying yet, but um, like all of her friends, like her friends have had kids. Her friends have all or coworkers, you know, were trying to have kids and stuff like that. And she ran into like so many of her friends and coworkers that again don't have Turner syndrome or maybe right. like other health problems that you know we're having a lot of difficulty. So it's not just us. And um, you're exactly right. And I think that sometimes butterflies forget that. Like I think we kind of think of ourselves as like the island of butterflies <laughs> where, you know, we're like the only ones that are like this, you know, or that have this particular, you know, problem. And you're so, so right that w- butterflies need to remember that it's not just us butterflies that have to, you know, come to grips with infertility. There's so many other, you know, um, so many other illnesses and stuff like that that can cause infertility and sometimes people, you know, women can just be infertile, you know, and it's just, you know, and I think, I really do think that sometimes we, butterflies lose sight of that. So I'm really glad you brought that up um, to remind butterflies that it's not just us. We're not just our own little, it's, you know, island, that there's a whole world of other people that have the same concerns that we do with fertility, Yes, exactly. But um, going back to, I want to say being able to know that younger, I feel like has kind of helped me and kind of prepared me so that like um, I can already go into it knowing that I'm going to have issues Mm -hmm. um, rather than trying and not knowing. Yeah. The not knowing about anything, not even just specific to infertility, but the not knowing about anything is is absolutely the hardest thing for me personally. I can't, ugh, that's the worst, <laughs> not knowing. So if you can at least have, you know, be prepared, then, you know, as they used to say, knowing is half the battle, <laughs> you know? So if you... Yes. Yeah. So at least you... Because there have been butterflies that I've interviewed that didn't find out until well into their teens that they had Turner syndrome. And so talk about a shock when you're 15 or 16 to find out that there's not really a chance of you having children or it's going to be very difficult. It's not impossible, but definitely very difficult. So to find that out kind of blindsides you know, some butterflies. Mm-hmm. So what advice, I always like to ask my guests, what advice you would give to other butterflies? You're, you have this, this open forum to speak to all the butterflies. What, what message would you like them to hear from you? Hmm. Well, I would like to say that it is it is all about perspective. Um, you can you can stay in bed for days and end just running through your mind and 
getting caught up in your thoughts of, you know, why can't I do this? Or I don't like that I'm this way or that I wasn't able to do this because of, you know, something that I can't control. But you can control your perspective and your reaction. Um, So you can either choose to wallow and stay in bed for those days and just keep those thoughts going. Or you can take a deep breath, be like, you know what? I'm not going to let this hold me back. I can change my perspective. Instead of looking at it as a weakness, look at it as a strength and just find creative ways to work around what you're struggling with at that moment. Absolutely. That was very well said. Yeah, it is. Everything's all about your perspective and you're exactly right. You can let it knock you down or you can, just like we kind of talked about earlier, you can take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just try every day to have the best outlook that you can. That's some very great advice. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Well, Paige, it's been so wonderful having you on the show. I'm going to let you get back to your evening. I'm sure it's probably around dinner time for you and um, and all that good stuff. But I really, really appreciate your time tonight on the show. And um, thank you so much for being brave enough to share your story. And, um, yeah, it's just it's been wonderful having you as a guest today. Oh, well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and creating this platform for us. And maybe once I decide what avenue I'm going to take for advocacy, I could, we could collaborate again. Oh, absolutely. You let me know whatever you'd like to do, and I'd be more than happy to help. And I'm sure um, there's plenty of butterflies that are listening that would be glad to help too. So, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely reach out if you ever need anything. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody... Thank you for listening tonight, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks, everyone.